0: we're living in these Babylonian times again. And while United States might not be the only Babylon, it definitely, the, the mystery of Babylon, the woman that rides the beast. What are we standing up for? The ability, the freedom to do what's right as God defines that right.
1: God's the ultimate author of liberty.
0: We don't want government to stand between us and our freedom to do what is right. America as Babylon. It has been a metaphor in history. It's nothing new. But today, with the headlines going crazy and everything crazy happening at once, we have to revisit this uh, metaphor as America as Babylon. Hi, I'm Doug Levack. Welcome to BibleNation.org, our podcast. And remember, the best culture is a Bible culture. It's proven and it works. We're glad to have you on our podcast today. I'm here with. Pastor Jason Georges of Emanuel Baptist Church in Corona, Michigan. Good morning, Pastor Jason.
1: Hey, good morning. It's good to be here. What uh, what, a, what a topic, right? Yeah. I mean, I, we were taught in, talking pre-show. Mm-hmm. There's so many things going on in the world that it's hard to put your finger down on, on what to talk about, but this one is really core yeah. to who we are here at the Bible Nation Society.
0: If you, if you put in a Google query, America, Babylon, just those two simple things. Don't even link them, just put them there. And in like a... Half a, less than half a second I had 28 million responses and I went through page after page after page and not only was there kind of the pseudo-Christian connection but there were so many secular connections mm-hmm. I thought you know this really isn't a, a metaphor that's been around for a long long time it used to be in the late 1800s <coughs> there was a, a book that came out you know London is Babylon and 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 people understood that and then in the early 20th century, like post-World War I, pre-World War II, it was Paris is Babylon. Mm. And so it was, you know, in, in uh, poetry, it was in music, it was in culture. And so I don't think we're stretching too much by saying today, America as the world power, you know, that our, that our culture is pervasive everywhere, not always good, that metaphorically we, you know, America is, is Babylon. And all the headlines, even though they're talking about war and artificial intelligence and Israel and all this kind of stuff, that it it really comes back to bringing that cataclysmic, you know, good, but at the same time, evil power that was connected to Israel, that was connected to technology, that was connected to persecution, and yet was in, in a way preserving and promoting God
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um like you said, it's it's at the core of what the Bible Nation Society is.
1: Yeah, and so you know it's the, you know we're we're differentiating prophetic Babylon. We don't yeah. we're not saying America is the Babylon in the Book of Revelation. Right. We're quite uncertain what America's role really is sure. in the Book of Revelation. At best, is it's assimilated into the the global economy and global religions of the world uh, and, and whatnot. But the Bible does describe for us this spirit of Babylon. Yeah. And existed in the Old Testament. Yeah. Uh, and we know it's going to reincarnate itself yeah. and manifest That's itself a in a very literal way in the right. future. That's so. But so it could then we have seen historically that its spirit has lived on. Its spirit has sure. always been represented. Sure. And, you know, I, what we say here in American culture and thinking, it's very Babylonian ish. Yeah. Which is not good for Christians. Ultimately, right. right. Or people that would follow after God.
0: Ultimately, it's going to be hardship. And it's persecution, hard, right. Which which God always prevails in. Um, so so Daniel uh, was taken captive when uh, Judah was overrun uh, by the Babylonians and he was taken back to Babylon. He was basically a glorified slave. Uh, I always say a lot of people think that, you know, Daniel never married. He never owned property. He was just this glorified palace slave. And there's a lot of. You know, a lot of scholars think that there's these little hints that he was made into a eunuch. Mm. In other words, he wasn't he, he was a slave. He, he didn't have freedom, mm-hmm. you know, and yet there in this lowly position. He ended up like the book of Daniel says, uh, then this Daniel was preferred above presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. Mm. He overcame the Babylonian spirit. He mm-hmm. overcame the lion's den. You know, America and the world today is a lion's den for Christians culturally. I mean, you fall into these lion's dens with the LGBTQ, with, uh, you know, social media taking over, with, um, you know, the World Economic Forum trying to, you know, control economic thought and political thought. You know, all these are lion's dens. And so that's why we say, you know, American Babylon, victory in the lion's den. How do you have that? And that really was the impetus for the Bible Nation Society. Um, Years ago, I had this um, philosophy. I brought it into ministry. Uh, then I wrote a book called Surviving This Babylon, Ancient Secrets for Modern Success. So it's not really a new phenomena. And I kind of talk about how this uh, cultural metaphor has existed. And I I, I kind of link it with, um, you know, in Revelation, it talks about mystery Babylon. Daniel had that vision, Pastor George, you've probably preached on mm-hmm. this. Um, let's go through that. What, what was the vision of the many-mettled man? He had a vision... Um, of this many-metaled man with a head of gold, which we would say was Nebuchadnezzar or Babylon, uh, with the arms and chest of silver, right, which was, you know, a downgrade in the metal, I guess. But that was the two arms of Medo-Persia Empire mm-hmm. that kind of took over. And, and this is, you know, this is a pretty easy uh, interpretation. Mm-hmm. Most people, left and right, would, would say this was it. And then you had the, the belly of, of brass, right. bronze, Bronze Age, if you will. And this was the, the Grecian Greeks, right. em- Empire that took over, Alexander the Great. And then that was, became the um, Iron Legs. And we would say this was Rome. Mm-hmm. And then divided Rome, East and West. You know, Rome and Constantinople or whatever, the Roman Empire, East and West. And then these were all Daniel's visions of things that were both present and future for him. And they came to pass. There's some commentary out there saying this this had to be, have been written in the time of Rome it can't be as you know antiquated because it's so prophetic and he sees it so clearly of these gentile empires that were basically going to overpower Israel or kind of oversee it and it came tr- it, they came true over you know a thousand years and then the two iron legs of Rome as Rome dissipated right. kind of fall down into the and and the bible's very clear about this 10 toes and the toes are made of clay mixed with iron.
1: Right. So they're,
0: they're a little bit metal, like the metaled man, but they're a little bit earthy. And this was going to be the future empire that ultimately was at the end of the age that would function in the same anti-Christian, Nimrodian, Babylonian spirit. And a lot of people today call it revived Roman Empire. I like to call it revived Babylon.
1: Yeah, he, he Daniel Daniel two forty two, and as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. Yeah. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves <clears throat> excuse me, mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. So
0: it's like monarchy, autocracy, and yet democracy together. Right. It's like not one nation, but a conglomeration of nations. Not one Uh, Empire tracing its way back but but a multiplicity of these things and of course all those things had the idea of The the government being God or religion and politics mixing of course America Probably is not Babylon in the sense that we've determined that government and religion don't have to mix shouldn't mix They they're not the same thing as say England had a king that was the head of the church Mm -hmm. Right or or oriental monarchs were the head of their nation and the head of their religion, you know They were godlike and all that and, and yet in the end days it's going to return to that
1: it's going to return well, to that
0: beast system that's what it is and and,
1: and you know, and for our pederous brethren mm-hmm. the next verse is and in the days of these kings shall the god of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed and the kingdom shall not be left to other people but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever
0: so that the stone that comes and smashes right. the toes that's God. That's God. the second coming of Jesus and, Christ, yeah,
1: which we haven't experienced yet. Yes. So therefore, when we see this many, this four metal man, and we see this projection of Rome, kind of dissipating into the ground, yeah. Yet we understand there's a resurgence. So there's al- there's yeah. always this idea right. of the preservation right. of this Roman slash, i.e., Babylonian spirit yeah. that came through these different, col- yeah. And what are these? the the the, uh, the Babylonians, the Medo-Persians, the Greeks, and the, the Romans. Romans. These are great civilizations yeah. of the world, right? right. A, a secular historian would say these are the great civilizations sure. of the world, and so and we're still very much under this Roman influence. Greek influence, Roman influence. You yeah. go to go to go to Washington D.C. Yeah. and what do the buildings look like? Yeah, they look like the buildings in Ro- in Greece, and in mm-hmm. Rome. Mm-hmm. And so this is influence. Yeah. And so there's going to be this reemergence of this. Yeah. Why is there going to be this reemergence? Because God has to crush it.
0: Yeah. Because it's going to come back ultimately against Israel. Israel has to be a nation again. Right. Right. In the last days, and so, so this configuration of ideas come together, and you know, my idea was coming up in ministry as I thought, you know, we. Um, we're, we're living in these Babylonish times again. And while United States might not be the only Babylon, it definitely, the, the mystery of Babylon, the woman that rides in, the, in there, it, it is back. We have the, the, the church, the pseudo-church, which John said really was a whore, mm. um, riding this beast mm. system. Mm. And, and so, you know, in the end times, we have kind of religious fervor over presidents. You know, Donald Trump was worshipped by evangelicals, still is. Uh, And yet at the same time, he's turning on them. He's Mm -hmm. using them and and turning on them. And that's not just to criticize Trump. It's to criticize evangelicals (laughs) to -hmm. some extent in that we're not aware of this, how dangerous this construct is. But it's not just a political construct. It's a cultural one. Mm -hmm. It's one that's pervasive to the mind. And, of course, it's in technology, which with all the greatness and ease of technology, that same spirit is the ghost in the machine. Um, that we need to deal with and, and just I was overwhelmed this week in preparing for the podcast. There's so much in the news and we've dealt with all these issues. Let's go back to the core. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to surviving this Babylon right. victory uh, in the victory in the lion's den. And uh, and how do you defeat this antichrist spirit uh, pervading culture, technology, education, even religion? You know, it's even in the churches. And how how do you win? And then we go back to Daniel's Excellent Spirit. And then, you know, this book could easily be, um, it could easily be titled Daniel's Excellent Spirit because that's really what we're mm-hmm. dealing with. How do you survive and thrive in Babylon, in modern Babylon? How does, a, how does an old-fashioned Bible preach in church? How does, how does it have an effect? How does mm-hmm. it stay? Well, the people have to have this excellent spirit. And so that's what I thought, you know, we're versed in that mm-hmm. and we try to practice that. We're not, we're not the best at it all the time. But I thought, let's share that. Let's just go. Well, it's the vision
1: that. for what we aspire to be. Yes. And and, and yeah. although it's not always executed perfectly, that's where we want to get. Yeah. And that's what we're inviting other people to do with us.
0: And, and so we get to the the book of Daniel. Pastor George has already read several scriptures from there. This this mostly comes from the book of Daniel and saying, well, what was Daniel's excellent spirit? You know, how how was he? He was he was there as this glorified slave. I, I've counted it seven Five different kings are listed, but there's seven different administrations during those 70 years of time. It's like Daniel was the vice president in Babylon in a place that hated everything he was and stood for. And yet everybody needed him. He was up. He was there in this uplifted position, upholding God uh, for like 70 years. Like it'd be like the same person being vice president of the United States for since World War Two.
1: Under different administrations.
0: Under left, right. Because the
1: nature of Babylon is it will consume itself. It will rotate on itself. And yet here was Daniel that he was able to have a consistent presence while the culture around him consumed itself. And so in consuming, because what happened in consuming itself, it degraded its ability, therefore gave rise to someone else to come and take over. And so this cycle over and over. Now, this was all under the administration of God, but Daniel was able to persevere and not only survive, but as you propose in the book, Thrive. Yeah Daniel was he, able to he, thrive he rose
0: and succeeded and so did so did the Hebrew boys right they right. were uplifted with him and and so even after their era you have guys like Mordecai being the doorkeeper in mm-hmm. Persia and, and Nehemiah being the cupbearer right and then that same spirit is evident in even the the other um, uh, Greek and Roman Empire I mean Paul was almost the same thing in Caesar's household right. And so you can kind of trace this excellent spirit uh, through through the Bible. And so I just wanted to look at, in Daniel's life, what these things are, and they're simple. There's five things. The first thing is that you can't have this excellent spirit and survive like Daniel did, and particularly for us in this world, if you don't have a, number one, real relationship with God. Yes, this is being saved and born again, but more than just a factual sit, stand, pray, uh, statement it, it actually is an ongoing walk hand in hand with the real living creator redeemer of mankind in, in the whole universe god almighty he is a person he's not just this force that you get in uh, people want to smoke some ayahuasca and then meet the universe right and get into it they, they want to look at their astrology And then they want to make decisions, you know, everybody wants to use use a God or use a personal force concept. Mm -hmm. But really, God is a person that can be known. He's got a name and a personality. He wants to be known. He's made himself known. And when people bow to that, and not just bow to it, you know, in some sort of shaking, quaking fear, but in a loving reverence. And Daniel had that in his life. And so he couldn't have every other element until he had a relationship with God, and that began to, to make his own spirit, you know, noble, excellent, mm. yeah, yeah,
1: so, yeah, it's got, it's got to be real, and it's got to be w- with a real person, yeah, so, so a, a pseudo-Christianity that is just stand, sit, kneel, yeah, cross yourself, um, following uh, regulation, right. but with no relationship,
0: there's been times in my life that I've said, okay, I have to read the Bible today, and I've kind of checked the box, and then I've got to pray. And so I kind of prayed through a list and where it felt, you know, robotic or I was kind of doing it dutiful. But I would say 90 percent of the time, overwhelmingly, I, I really believe this person's in my life, that he, he's with me, that he loves me, that he cares for me. And, and I love him and care for him. And, and so I'm conversational with him. I'm respectful, with him, but I'm conversational with him. When I go into any sort of action and with my body, my life, I'm going into and with him for him. Mm -hmm. this is a relationship this is a relationship um you know i think uh daniel trusted god but then he became trustworthy to god
1: Mm
0: -hmm. right um i i always give the illustration my wife hates this illustration of
1: so we'll just broadcast it so so we'll go ahead and tell everybody tell the whole world that's i'll get in trouble later
0: but uh (laughs) i used to have this bad habit i don't do this anymore but i used to wait till the kids go to bed and then i want a snack right and you're not supposed to snack at night and so then I would go and I would sneak and get some cereal. And so I would do it in the in, in the dark kitchen, not turning the lights on, not, you know. And I would go and open the cabinet and reach in and try to grab a bowl and reach in the drawer and try to grab a spoon and reach in the refrigerator and try to grab the milk, try to go through this whole process as quiet as possible, doing it almost by feel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: One morning I got up after I had done that the night before, and there were several bowls and several spoons. And I was like, what in the world? I was like. What What's this about? And I thought, you know what I, I remember i I remember feeling one of the bowls was had a film in it, and I didn't want to use it. I remember the spoon, and there was something crusty on it like it never got and and so they weren't trustworthy in the dark. you know I didn't use those i w- i I kept going till I found a clean bowl and a coon spoon. and that's kind of like what what it is with the Lord. We have to learn to trust him and then become trustworthy to where he's finding in us someone that he can trust that doesn't have the film and residue of constant sin mm. who doesn't have the, the the Klingons of rebellion you know and and malice uh, towards God we need to be a vessel that's meet for use to him that's a, that's part of a relationship with God and Daniel absolutely had that he was that vessel and so having a relationship with God is learning how to trust him in this Babylon but then becoming trustworthy in this Babylonian spirit as well, so that he comes, reaches down and puts his hand on you and uses you and you become that survival mechanism for your people. Mm That's
1: right. No, I was just, as you were saying that I was thinking that that, that old hymn, and he walks with me and he talks with me Mm -hmm. and he tells me I'm his own Mm -hmm. and the joys we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that is what it is to walk with him and to Mm -hmm. talk with him. It's a, it's a relationship. Yes. uh, It's a relationship that we have with a real person.
0: It it seems cliche, but it's not cliche. (laughs) It's the most important foundation. You have to be saved. You have to be born again. An excellent spirit isn't a Tony Robbins, you know, happy-go-lucky, you know, winning human potential type of guy. It's actually having God's perfect spirit. He is a spirit. It's having that within you. And uh, having an excellent spirit is, is God's spirit in you makes your own spirit and your soul what you think what you love what you do it makes it noble it makes it excellent god will do that in a man Uh, sometimes he'll break you to do it sometimes he'll put you in you know strange positions but daniel had this element and his spirit became excellent because he had to he had to trust god completely and in doing that you know god trusted him and so a relationship with god is not a cliche thing and in the world that we're in today i would tell christians You've got to walk with God Mm -hmm. that that's that's foundational. And so don't turn off the podcast and say, oh, that's, you know, that's cliche because that's just that's number one thing. And and, and
1: walking with God in such a way that he rubs off on you, you become like him. And so your responses to situations, you're about to go into these other attributes of having an excellent spirit. Well, those are they're not conjured up. Mm -hmm. Those are the result of being around, spending a lot of time with the person who is these things.
0: This wasn't a Daniel who was privileged, right? Some say that he had a princely Mm -hmm. genealogy or something. But this is a guy that probably traveled to Babylon for weeks in a cage. You know, this is a guy who was probably made a eunuch, never had his freedom. This was a guy who was never going to have a love life or a wife or kids. This is a guy who's never owned property, right, who never, you know, had those kind of liberties. He was a glorified slave amongst a people who were not fond of the Hebrews, (laughs) You know, he was not thought well of in the place that he was going to and even by the other Hebrews that were slaves He probably wasn't appreciated. Hmm. I either either even by them and So he had to find this way to to walk with God trust him and then become trustworthy Mm -hmm. uh, in in God's eyes the second thing after that then, is we say is e enthusiasm about the things of God. Mm-hmm. This is not just again happy-go-lucky, excite, excited personality. This is this is in, theos, in the Latin is in God, right? You you have a true enthusiasm about godly things. What are godly things? Well, that could be everything, right? But I mean, church going, praying, reading your Bible, tithing, telling people about Christ, participating, I mean, participating in in the church processes, and and that means put. Putting up with God forbears us and is long suffering with us, and we become enthusiastic about doing that for others and with others. And so, uh, Daniel had an enthusiasm that maybe you could speak to this, Brother Jay. You know, even when Melzar, the prince of the eunuchs, was supposed to give Daniel the diet of the Babylonians, right? Which was probably ham, right? And wine offered to the gods, stuff that the Hebrews were forbidden to have. Mm-hmm. And Daniel convinces the Hebrew voice, and the prince of the eunuchs who was over him. That's why we think he's a eunuch. You know, we can't eat this. Let us try us with eating these lentils. And so tell us what that biblical story is. What 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 did those guys do and how do they? End well, up it's that?
1: where we get the phrase not eating the king's meat. Right. And okay. so here here Good. here's Daniel. And so Daniel was offered all the pleasures mm-hmm. of Babylon. Mm-hmm. He was because of his influence, and his position. He's offered the opportunity to enjoy Enjoy some Mm -hmm. things that his other brethren were not able to enjoy Mm -hmm. but but also enjoy some things that would require him to Assimilate Mm -hmm. more into Babylon that he felt his conscience could allow him to do. That's good. Now Daniel makes a wonderful appeal Mm -hmm. So he's defiant, but he's defiant with a reasoned and a spirit-filled appeal to his authority the king that he recognizes Uh, And says can we try this other way Mm -hmm. because Daniel had purpose not to defile himself with the king's meat Mm -hmm. and so In this idea of being enthusiastic about the things of God here Daniel knew of an enthusiasm that was outside of the Babylonian realm right his enthusiasm was not Can I get more Babylonian right can I get what the Babylonians have to offer? I'm I'm excited about this Um, but rather um, he could he could enthusiastically pursue those things that were of the Lord. Even yeah. if that meant like, so, so I'm going to eat y'all are, y'all are all eating the finest meats and cheeses, and I'm going to eat a bowl of lentils, and I'm going to like it.
0: Right. And I'm going to end up better than you. Right. But he had to, he had to persuade the guy. Mm-hmm. It was the enthusiasm that was persuasive. And I think in this day and age, when we got people that don't know anything about God still, if we're enthusiastic about who we are, what we are, what we believe, and how we live, then even someone who doesn't get it might be willing to watch, try and see. You know what I mean? So you got guys like uh, Jordan Peterson and, and Joe Rogan, Ben Shapiro, right? These, these are wonderful guys, but they're in Babylon, and they don't necessarily see Christ, and they're influential, and yet they're watching Christians. Mm-hmm. They're wa- they're being influenced by Christian enthusiasm about particular aspects of culture and society. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of why we're doing what we're doing, is we want to be enthusiastic about these things that we are and that we believe in, in order to kind of persuade people if nothing else to put up with us,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, to give us the same fair shake as they would anybody
1: else. No, there's plenty of people yeah. that would encounter us yeah. and go, man, I don't know if I'm all the way there with what that guy is saying, yeah. but I am convinced he's there. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You're
0: convinced that I think
1: yeah. I believe in what I'm saying. Yeah, You're convinced that I believe it. and
0: I'm saying, I think this is a survival mechanism in Babylon is that we're not ashamed and that we're willing to stand and maybe even, you know, argue, fight for our issue. You know, maybe it seems passive aggressive, may, but I just think it's enthusiasm to win those win your boss, mm. win your neighbor, win your detractor, win the evil authority by, by really believing in what you're doing and letting them see. So you have to have a relationship with God in order to have enthusiasm about the things of God. You know, he also, when Ariok, who was the general, um, when, when the king, um, wasn't getting what he wanted out of his wise men and daniel would have been considered one of those wise men he told Arioch, go kill them all this was a this was a guard i always i always kind of picture Ariok with like a scar in his face and one eye punctured you know he'd been in war and whenever the king said kill he'd kill but because of daniel's relationship with god his enthusiasm about things of god that that affected even Ariok, and so when he was told to go kill all the wise men he went to daniel first and said daniel I've been given this order to kill, and I mean, unless you can do something about it. And Daniel was—he said—he said, he said Arioch, get me, um, get me audience with the king. Now Daniel was in no position to countermand the order, and we're in no position sometimes to countermand persecutorial orders, if yeah. you will, in this Babylon. But somehow, the relationship with God, enthusiasm about things of God, changed Arioch's mind, and he took Daniel to the king and. And probably kind of bent his knee and, you know, Melzar and Ariok basically had their own heads on a platter. Mm. How do we take those who don't agree with us, even in society, and where they're willing to even stand up for us mm. sort of thing? And that's part of the of this surviving Babylon secret that that's part of, you know, that's what I say. It's not cliche. This is what Daniel did. And it worked. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, in the book, I talk about times in history that this these principles have worked as well so you have to be enthusiastic about the things of God now just like folks you gotta have a relationship with God you also have to have enthusiasm about the things of God um, David said I will make my soul boast in the Lord I mean sometimes it's hard mm-hmm. th- for the, to, to turn the flesh around you know um, you know we're, we're preachers and, and sometimes we got to make ourselves enthusiastic about going to church on Sunday mm-hmm. and preaching a sermon so it's a real thing we're not pretending like it's not um, but it works and, and someone has to do it. In so order it's an
1: enthusiasm, things. and we're going to go into these other ideas to transition ourselves, mm-hmm. that's not dependent on others. It's an enthusiasm that is dependent on our relationship. In other words, mm-hmm. he makes us enthusiastic. Yes. It's not fake. It's Daniel like, it's didn't
0: like, have any support mechanism. Right. When
1: so. you're around him, he makes you excited for the things of God. That's right. He compels you. He, um, he, he draws you. you. You want to drop your fishing nets and mm-hmm. follow him.
0: Right. And so you get in this position where... Babylon's coming in. Mm-hmm. You know, Christians are freaking out today. You know, Babylon's coming in. And so, what do we do? Do we go have pseudo revival? I want revival. I believe in revival. But do we go and work something up that's not actually true as an escape mechanism for the fears of this world and then fall away and have some other form of God? That's Babylonish. Mm-hmm. Do we give in? Do we join? The, can't beat them, join them. How do you do this? You, you're walking with God and trusting Him. And He's trusting you. And He's putting you in a position where you can persuade
1: Hmm.
0: enthusiastically. um, And this this isn't just for an American democracy. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I mean, this is if you're Russian, if you're Ukrainian, if you're Chinese, if you're Indian, if you're African, whatever, if you have a monarchy over you, if you have a parliament, if you have a dictator over you, these principles are there in the scriptures for us, ancient secrets for modern success. Okay, thirdly, and I love this one, Mm -hmm. is an attitude that is above circumstances and people people read daniel and just say oh you know he was this super superhero or whatever but he had circumstances in his life he had people in his life that were insurmountable obstacles um i have those people don't you know people say oh pastor doug's happy about this listen i have circumstances and people in my life that are really the motivation of why i had to come up with this that was in the scriptures and find it and i and and uh delineate it for myself because I have incredible circumstances and in people in my life. And I don't glory in those, and I don't need to speak them all the time. But just know I've had to overcome, too. And Daniel had to overcome these things that we've talked about. And maybe you're listening, and you've had to overcome incredible circumstances, mm-hmm. uh, difficult people. Maybe you're in the ministry, and you're dealing with those now, both externally from the church and internally mm-hmm. inside the church. What is the answer in modern? have a relationship with God, enthusiasm about the things of God, and an attitude that's above circumstances and people. How do you do this? Mm -hmm. How do you do this? Well, we find going into the lion's den, right? By this time, Darius is king, authority over Daniel. And Darius is manipulated by the other so-called prophets of Babylon that don't like Daniel. And he signs a, a decree, the laws of the Medes and the Persians, that... Nobody can worship anything but me for X amount of time. Well, these people knew that Daniel wasn't going to do that, and they thought, oh, okay, Daniel's, we're signing his death warrant. And the Bible says Daniel prayed openly for people to see at three times a day as he did a four time. In other words, this was his practice. His practice of prayer and reliance, his excellent spirit, was being attacked. Mm-hmm. Now, you know you're doing something right when your enemies can only attack you on faith in God, mm-hmm. right? Because, I mean, if you're illegal, Trafficking and drugs you know you're going to go to jail don't don't say that authority's evil for for doing that but if you're if you have faith in God and they're coming after you okay that's that's part of this process of living in Babylon so Daniel prays he gets thrown in the lion's den Darius wringing his hands all night because he realized he's been duped and and he has to he has to throw Daniel in the lion's den he comes to Daniel in the morning and he says um, uh, Daniel has your God saved you and Daniel looks up from the lion's den, uh, one arm missing, one foot gone. The lions have crunched on him. And he says, Darius, mm-hmm. you dummy, I thought we were friends. Because you get the idea that they were close. That's not what he said. Daniel has the all-time excellent response. O king, live forever. Mm-hmm. And Daniel was in that. He was in the mode. You know, where There
1: was he, there ever a time to be offended, mad. Hurt, Hurt angry. Angry defiant. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 done. Yeah. It was Daniel in the lion's den.
0: I, I used to play this, this game uh with, with youth group kids, you know, forty years ago. Uh it was a little video game, basketball game, and when you shot the basketball and you were making it, the basketball would get on fire and the and the announcer on the video came, he's heating up, you know, and you were hot, you know, in sports they say that. And and this was Daniel's moment, man. He he all these things are working for him and he's on fire, and he's able to stand there in circumstances and under people, and he wins, and Darius brings him out and then throws the enemy in. Mm -hmm. How can you live in Babylon and have your own enemies defeat themselves? Mm -hmm. And that's where we're at today, and it takes an attitude that's above circumstances and people. O king, live forever. And you just got to find that. you got to find that in your life in order to be preferred above presidents and princes. You've been through the fire, and you've come
1: out the other side. An attitude about people, uh, about circumstances and people is an attitude that looks at yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. So an excellent spirit doesn't go, where is everyone else's excellent spirit? Yeah. Why don't they have an excellent spirit? Mm-hmm. An excellent spirit says, where's my excellent spirit? Yes. I need to have an excellent. It yeah. really puts, having an ex- ex- yeah. ex- excellent spirit removes the expectation off of everyone yes. else and puts all the expectation upon you.
0: That's, that's awesome, Pastor Jay, because... Of course, I'm in Babylon. Everyone's affected by Babylon. Everyone's right. got this satanic spirit over them, even in church. And so it's not up to these people to determine what my attitude's going to be. It's up to me to determine what my attitude's going to be um, for for Christ, uh, towards Christ, and then towards them. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to function in such a, a manner as to, it doesn't even matter who they are or what the circumstance is. Mm-hmm. I'm going to respond in such a way. So it is um, the epitome of spirit control. Mm-hmm. Self-control and and yielding myself to the spirit. And it's the
1: exact opposite of a critical spirit. Yes. A critical spirit looks at others. Yes. A critical spirit is disappointed in others. Yes. A critical spirit is. Blaming. Blaming. They've let me down. They did me wrong. Yeah. But an excellent. Daniel was done wrong. Yeah. Daniel could blame. Daniel could have blamed a lot of people. Yeah. But no. Daniel had an excellent spirit.
0: Pastors' wives and staff members and pastors' kids. Listen, you need to get this excellent spirit because Mm -hmm. you're always going to be subject to church circumstances and subject to certain people. Pastors, you need to make sure that you're the ones that that have this. This will help your family, your staff, your church. And then corporately, if your church gets this, they'll be able to stand in Babylon. Mm -hmm. They'll have the excellent spirit in the community. And even though the community doesn't like your doctrine or your standards or whatever else, they'll have to admit, you know. That you're above circumstances and people.
1: Yeah, you, you can't do what Daniel did and have a critical spirit because then therefore you be a critical spirit makes yourself the victim. Yes. Now i you give I'm up. The victim. Yeah, and then yeah. you give up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then, the, and then the fourth thing is what I call a proper balance. You know, you were talking about D- Daniel and the king's meat. Mm-hmm. So, so Daniel, actually, the Bible says they, they gave him a Babylonian name, mm-hmm. a name that reflected their God, mm-hmm. that he had the spirit of their God. They were misinterpreting his excellent spirit as something that their gods had or whatever. Um, also, it actually says that they had garments. But but Daniel perceived that taking that name or wearing that garment has nothing to do with my obedience to God. But eating the king's meat does. And so what I'm saying is here, he had a right balance. Sometimes, you know, we're, we're, we're fundamentalists. Mm-hmm. And as fundamentalists, sometimes we're accused of being extreme... Uh, You know to our debt to our own detriment Mm -hmm. we have to learn in Babylon to have a proper balance and what that means is there's things to fight over and there's things not to fight over there's things to struggle internally and there's things to not struggle over internally there's things that you fight to die for and there's things that maybe you contend for but aren't worth dying for and then there's things probably that aren't worth fighting for Mm -hmm. and so you know for instance you know. Maybe some some aspect of the church budget, that's not a fight and die thing. You you can lose certain aspects. You don't mm-hmm. have to win everything. The the color of the church carpet is is not as important as the doctrinal stand that you take. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, you know, a Bible version that's a fight and die for it's yep. the thing to me. But then other aspects aren't a fight and die for for me. And so having a proper ma- when you have an excellent spirit, you know what are the important things. Mm-hmm. Daniel knew. I'm not praying to anybody else, and everyone's going to see me praying to my God, bending my knee to him, and so therefore, no matter what they call me or what they dress me as, isn't the thing I'm going to fight for. Mm -hmm. And so he had that that element, and having that proper balance isn't easy to either attain or to practice. Mm -hmm. But Daniel, because of the other things in his life, it was taking him and uplifting him because he always seemed to know. In Babylon, there wasn't just this brand of pagan. There was all kinds. I mean, there was, what, 127 provinces. Mm-hmm. There was... Um,
1: that assimilated all their cultures. All their they, cultures that, there. Yeah. And so,
0: yeah. so, so Daniel was ex- exceeding all of those. He was excelling all those because he knew how to probably treat all... Of, he knew the differences in theology and the cultural practice and marriage and even probably morality, you know, but but he was able to take his stands where they needed to be taken and then let, let gravity take care of the rest, right? Like, you don't... Everything doesn't need to be a fight. Gravity is going to make that guy fail in his, in his stand. Mm-hmm. So just let him fail. You don't have to go and get in the mud with that. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's important today. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's important that we have lines. Some, some, some churches don't have any lines. Mm-hmm. They're just like, we're just going to assimilate to the world. We, 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 have, we don't have to worry about proper balance because we don't have any standards. And they think that's the answer. Mm-hmm. But the answer is no. How do I stand out with the right lines mm-hmm. and the right guidelines and fights? And yet at the same time discern what what
1: not to to fight over
0: and i'm a pretty strict guy so i like lots of lines and lots of fights but there's some you die for and there's some that you don't
1: yeah and and i i think as i've taken this and internalized it and Mm -hmm. adapted and applied it to ministry that this balance sometimes is also achieved by not being afraid of tension in other words tension helps keep things standing upright if you, right. if you think of a radio tower, yeah, a radio tower is this tall piece of metal structure yeah. and it has these guidelines. The guides, t- yeah. it, uh, I, I have a sailboat, the mast, it's amazing. Yeah. I have a 30 foot mast mm-hmm. that is on top of a rocking moving ship and it's just bolted onto the, onto yeah. the hull, but it's kept up there by six stays right. or, or eight stays. Yeah. And these are wires that have tension on them mm-hmm. and that tension, all of them pulling in different directions keeps it upright yeah. and sometimes we, we don't like tension mm-hmm. we don't like that we're being pulled in this direction and another direction but opposing tensions mm-hmm. keep us with proper balance and so as you can discern those tensions in your life these uh even the tension of what you would suppose as conflicting principles
0: mm-hmm.
1: well the lord i need to be this and i need to be that mm-hmm. yes be both yes be both and allow that tension allow that tension to keep you right where you need to be in the middle
0: Pastors, that is, some, that is something to hold on to. Um, you don't run from the tension. Don't try to erase all the tension. Right. There's good tension, but just be proactive as to what those tensions are and how you're going to stand on them. Think it through, and then be willing. Be willing to be maybe not liked or whatever, and, and let the tension actually work that out. And Daniel was masterful in that, and he was preferred above presidents and princes because he had a proper balance in his life. Last thing is this, stewardship. And, you know, the Bible says that uh, the king lifted up Daniel uh, and I quote the scriptures that the king would have no damage. Mm. Right. They didn't necessarily like the Jews, but they liked a good Jewish accountant. And, uh, And with with Daniel and the three Hebrew boys, there was something that benefited every different administration, every different king, whether they were Babylonian or Persian. Right. There was some element there that they learned and needed these guys because they were good stewards and you know we would say time talent and treasure and um, you know da- Daniel lifted up the human elements of the Hebrew boys right that's mm. that's uh time talent and treasure uh, used his time well even if it meant prayer um, Used the treasury well they found old you know a script on clay in mm. Babylon and it was actually in what I call um, paleo Hebrew
1: mm.
0: and Somehow, even the Babylonians had gone from Sumerian script, which is just the lines this way and this way and this (laughs) way, to Paleo-Hebrew in the administration of the empire. And, well, we know that archaeology matches what the Bible says. Daniel and the three Hebrew boys and the doorkeepers, they were keeping track of what food was coming in and out and who got what. And, And this simple accounting is just proof of what the Bible says, that these guys were good stewards and they were lifted up. Even if you're good stewards in an evil empire. Mm-hmm. If, if you're in Iran right now, you know when we took over Iraq. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Saddam Hussein had a right hand man called Tariq Aziz the guy was a Christian. He was handling all the minutia for the everyday lives of ordinary people and he was keeping religious liberty alive in Iraq as bad as Hussein was for mm-hmm. people uh, and you know Tariq Aziz benefited that for an extent but Christianity was alive there because of a guy like that now, i'm not I'm, I'm sure he's got other non-virtues but that's a modern example of something well like and that. it's really
1: this idea of stewardship mm-hmm. is really our aspiration for christian politicians right that they would yes. take the influence that they've been given and they would steward it properly according to what god would want them to and and so that there would be space so there would be that, op- that they they could even thrive or uh they would benefit those that would um um Stand opposed a little bit there, mm-hmm. but they are no. We, we knew ha, Trump, th- was, so they would have good integrity. We
0: knew President Trump was an immoral man, right? But he had Mike Pence there, who we knew right. was a very moral man, and most Christians and evangelicals kind of had this balance of trust. And this Pence was a vice president under a guy who could very much end up being a tyrannical dictator, you know, megalomaniac, put dropping the bomb on everybody who doesn't agree with him, uh, and yet he kind of held things together and was preferred himself I and mean, even people have considered him uh, for you know, and attributed
1: to Trump some of his own virtue absolutely he lended to Trump some of his own reputation
0: even in that January 6th thing Trump was kind of relying on Pence to help save him mm-hmm. like will Pence be the one that declares this going on or whatever And that's why now he doesn't like him and Pence has had to back off him because, you know, I tried. I served you for four. I served you the last day, you know, but then I just wasn't going to undermine and make myself the undermining of election or whatever. Um, So so we have these things. These five things are um, you can remember these in the acrostic REAPS, R-E-A-P-S, relationship with God, enthusiasm about the things of God, proper or an attitude above circumstances and people, proper balance. And stewardship, R E A P S. Hey, you reap what you sow. Mm-hmm. Daniel sowed these elements, and over the period of time, I'm sure it was difficult day to day. And yet, what did he reap? I love the passages of scripture that say, where the king says, send a decree to all the nations. I mean, from the Indus River to the Nile River, in every single language of 127 nations. Send a decree saying, Daniel's God is God. Mm. And people overlook that. What did Daniel reap? Not only did he reap for himself protection and safety, not only did he reap for his people a future that would lead them back to Israel to rebuild at company expense, but he reaped glory to God. Mm-hmm. And so here we are in Babylon. Folks, the Bible says this is where we're going to be. The Bible says this is where it's going. We've tried to hold it back, but this is, this is where it's going, and this is where we're at today. So let's turn ourselves to sowing these five elements and then reaping glory to God right up until the end, whatever the end is. I know what I believe. I believe there's going to be a rapture, but it doesn't matter what you believe. Sow these things and reap glory to God. This is the ultimate reason for exercising an excellent spirit. It's mm-hmm. not selfish. Then this Daniel was preferred above presidents and princes because an excellent spirit, these elements, there might be more, but there's at least these elements, mm-hmm. were practiced over time. And over time, they had wonderful reaping. And the the best part of the reaping was great glory to God, Mm -hmm. to the Lord. And that's really what we have to do whether we're living in Christian America or we're living in mystery Babylon, right? Wherever we are today, this is what our job is. And this is how we survive and thrive even in difficult circumstances. So pastor, family, staff members, Christians, I know we're living in a difficult day. We're going to continue to bring podcasts that kind of deal with how to think through these processes and, and how to live. But, but ultimately know that Bible Nation Society, the Bible Nation podcast, really started over these principles and caring and how to function in Babylon. You can go on BibleNation.org and we have a bookstore and you can find this book, Surviving This Babylon. You can order it uh, online or you can go to Amazon. This book actually uh, is one that we read in studio. And um, Jason, what is the... Audible audible so you can get this as an as an audible book as a digital book or as a paper book as well the book is surviving this babylon we appreciate your ear today remember the best culture is a bible culture it's proven and it works